0: Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, Building Faith and Friendship. A young man was working his way among the people in a waiting room of an airport. As the people waited for the boarding announcements to be made, he was handing out copies of the little booklet, Why Jesus? Doing the faithful work of evangelism. There was an elderly African man slumped in a seat in the waiting area sound asleep. He was a dignified figure with white curly hair and a fashionably tailored suit. This old man was sound asleep, as a man could possibly be. But the young evangelist wasn't about to be turred by that. He tapped the man on the knee. When the man woke up, he was extremely startled and blurted out, ''Where am I? What's going on? What's happening?'' The persistent young man simply and sternly asked, Sir, are you saved? Yes, said the old man. I I guess I'm saved. I, I, I suppose I'm saved. Yes, I'm probably saved. That's not good enough, the young man responded. Can you tell me exactly when you were saved? not exactly, the old man answered. It was almost 2,000 years ago. Now that's not bad theology. For 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the price of our salvation. We may have only found out about it recently, but Jesus did what needed to be done long ago and far away on an old rugged cross. But why? Why did Jesus have to die? Well, the problem is that we are in a dysfunctional relationship with God. We, as all humans, have turned our backs on God. We have rejected His love. We have rejected the life He offers us. And the Bible calls this broken relationship, sin. And the result, the consequence of this broken relationship with God is threefold. Firstly, we become addicted to sin. Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 34, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The picture over here is quite obvious. A slave bound in chains unable to escape sin has an addictive power it is easy to become addicted to bad temper envy pride slander pornography sexual immorality alcohol drugs and so on we can become addicted to thoughts and behavior that have a destructive power in our lives and which, on our own, we cannot break free. The addictive power of sin. Secondly, because our broken relationship with God is our fault, we turn our backs on God, we rejected God, we experience guilt. The fact that we might be addicted to sin just increases our sense of guilt. And as a result, we feel unclean. Jesus says in Mark chapter 7 and verses 20 through to 23, What comes out of a person is what makes them unclean. For from within, out of a person's heart comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, deceit, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a person unclean. All these evils make us feel unclean. They make us feel guilty. The guilt of sin. Thirdly, the natural consequence of turning our backs on God is that we experience alienation from God. We experience separation from God. If we choose to live in isolation from God, then it's natural that we will experience isolation from God. And the guilt from our sin just drives us Even further away from God because it prevents us from relating to God. This is often called a spiritual death. And it's this spiritual death, this alienation from God who is the source of all life. Which ultimately results in an eternal separation from God. Death. That is why Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 states that the wages of sin is death. The ultimate consequence of sin is death. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All humans have turned their backs on God at some point in their life. I certainly cannot claim to have always been in a right relationship with God for too often I have turned my back on God and I have done what I think is best. And the result has always been regret and guilt. I wish I could go back in time and redo things and put things right, but I can't. And I find myself sitting in the dock, guilty as charged. So, what is the solution? Well, there is good news. God does not leave us in the mess that we made of our own lives, but rather out of love, He comes to us and rescues us By dying for us. That is why the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. But what did Jesus' death on the cross actually do for us? Paul states in Romans chapter 3 and verse 24 that we are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Now the concept of redemption comes from the slave market. In order to set a slave free, you had to pay a ransom price. Jesus paid the ransom price with His blood on the cross in order to set us free. Freedom from the addictive power of sin, freedom from guilt and freedom from death for on the cross something mysterious happened, something we'll never fully understand, all the sins of the world, all the sins from the past, all the sins from the future came upon Jesus for on the cross Jesus was effectively saying I will take the blame, lay all the consequences on me, I will pay the price for this dysfunctional relationship and all sin came upon Jesus, all guilt and blame came upon Jesus and death came upon Jesus but they could not hold Jesus for three days later Jesus rose from the grave and he destroyed sin guilt and death therefore if we put our trust in Jesus we can experience freedom freedom from the addictive power of sin freedom from guilt and freedom from death but more than that we can experience freedom Freedom to be reconciled to God. Freedom to be restored into a right relationship with God. And the Bible uses the word justified to describe this restored relationship, this reconciliation between us and God. And we read in verse 24 that we are justified freely by His grace. Justified essentially means that God sees us and treats us as though we had had done nothing wrong, as though we are innocent, justified, just as if we have never sinned. It's a legal metaphor. And although we find ourselves in the dock, guilty as charged, the amazing thing is that God, the righteous judge, justifies us. He declares us not guilty. He declares us in the right. Why does God do this? Has He been forced to do this? No. Verse 24 states that He does it freely and graciously. In other words, there is nothing that we have to do or could do to earn this new status. But rather, it is a free gift from God. It is what God has graciously done for us through the death of Jesus that we are declared not guilty. And God has done this so that He can be reconciled to us so that he can have a relationship with us. There's a story of two guys who, who went through school and university together and they had developed a really good friendship. Life went on and they, they went their different ways and lost contact. One went on to become a judge, while the other one went down and down and ended up a criminal. One day the criminal appeared before the judge. He had committed a crime to which he pleaded guilty. The judge recognized his old friend and faced a dilemma. He was a judge, so he had to be just. He could not let the man off. On the other hand, he didn't want to ruin his relationship with his friend. So he fined his friend the correct penalty for the offense. That is justice. Then he came down from his position as judge and wrote a check for the amount of the fine and gave it to his friend. That is love. And in a similar way, we are all guilty of sin and the consequence of sin is death. God could have remained in heaven and we would have received what we deserve. That is justice. But God, out of love for us, came to earth in Jesus and took the consequences of our rebellion upon Himself so that we could be restored to a right relationship with Him. That is love. However, God does not just declare us not guilty. He also removes all sin and guilt from us. Paul uses a third metaphor, this time from the Israelite cultic world. And we read in verse 25, God presented him, that's Jesus, God presented Jesus, as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Over here, Paul has the Israelite day of atonement, Yom Kippur, in mind, which we can read about in Leviticus chapter 16. On that day, the high priest took two goats, And he would lay his hands on one of the goats and pray over it, transferring all of Israel's sins onto that goat. They would then chase that goat away into the desert. This was a symbolic way of showing that God was removing Israel's sins from the camp. They would then sacrifice the second goat... And take its blood, and they would use its blood to cleanse and purify the camp. It was a way of getting rid of the contamination of sin. And Paul uses this picture to explain what Jesus' death achieves for us. For on the cross, something mysterious happens. Jesus absorbs all our sins into himself and he destroys them on the cross and Jesus' blood cleanses us from all guilt. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14 states that Jesus' blood cleanses our consciences. There's a story of an evangelist who went to a high school many years ago and he told the teenagers there that when they die... They would stand before God, and God would take down this big screen, pull down this big screen, and God had this videotape of every single bad, sinful thing they had ever done. And God would play that tape. Everyone would be there. Your mother will be there. Now I don't know if God has a tape of every sinful thing we've ever done or if He's upgraded to a DVD or a Blu-ray player. But if He has got a tape, then I've got some good news for you. When they tried to play the tape... It will just be blank. For Jesus has erased the tape. For on the cross Jesus absorbs all our sins into himself. He has destroyed them. He has removed our sins. As far as the east is from the west. So far has Jesus removed our sins from us. That is the good news of the gospel. Well. I don't know where you are today. Are you struggling with sin? Do you feel powerless to overcome sin in your life? Are you haunted by guilt? Are you fearful of death? Perhaps you have regrets and disappointments in your life. And perhaps you wish you could go back in time and redo things, put things right. But unfortunately you cannot do that. If that is the case, then I've got good news for you. God has already put things right through Jesus. For Jesus has defeated sin and death on the cross. And if you come before God today and put your faith and trust in Jesus, then God will justify you, He will forgive you, He will declare you not guilty. And more than that, He will literally remove all your sins from you. He will remove your guilt and cleanse your consciences. He will purify you and make you clean again. And He will do all of this because He loves you and wants a relationship with you. Do you need your guilt removed? Do you need to receive this forgiveness afresh? If so, in the quietness of your heart, pray this prayer with me. Dear God, thank you for loving me so much that you died for me so that I could be forgiven and reconciled into a relationship with you. Please forgive me for turning my back on you, for doubting you, for doing things my way, and forgive me for the wrong things I have done to other people. Forgive me for not doing what is right and good. Please wash me and cleanse me from all sin and guilt. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can understand and experience more of this love that you have for me. So that I can be in a living relationship with you. Help me by Your Holy Spirit to trust You more. Help me to have more faith. Help me by Your Holy Spirit to turn away from my old destructive ways and help me to follow Jesus each day. To become more and more like Jesus. Amen.